Welcome to Empowerment Radio. My name is Dr. Friedman and I'm so glad that you decided to join me. Empowerment Radio is about giving you the insights, tools and solutions to address some of the most challenging aspects of our daily lives. So sit back, relax and empower yourself. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman. And uh, yeah, I wanted to share with you something that really moved me today, and it's totally fitting with the topic of our show in some ways, like always. Uh, I talked to a farmer, like a local guy who chatted with me about life and uh, about his life and how since he is 13 years old, he pretty much had not taken a day of vacation, just keeping on working on the farm of his dad and uh, that he took over then. And, and it's really remarkable how many hours uh, it takes to get food for us on the table. And it really made me realize, wow, we are so unappreciative of all those millions of people that are pretty much sacrificing their life for not a lot of pay to produce vegetables and fruit and you know also animal products and and we do have to be a little bit more mindful around that and i have to say i felt a little sorry i felt like you know poor guy he's just uh, you know basically slaving along and telling me that he repeats the same mistakes that his dad did who was never really having time with uh, his kids to play and uh, he pretty much has the same dilemma right now, that there is not a lot of time. But he also told me that what he really loves about his work is that he's always present. He's always in the moment. Because, you know, when you're in nature all the time, when you are dealing with, uh, with plants or animals, you're not going far into the future or you're not distracting yourself by the newest social media trends. You're just here and now. And he loves that way of living. He feels like the days are longer and therefore his life is also more long and fulfilling in that way. And, and that's where our show today ties in because it's all about this more mindful and more present way of living. And my special guest will help us to get there today. And I think a lot of us need that, right? I mean, we are so busy we are so always spinning around, you know, regretting or somehow analyzing the past, uh, scheming or worrying about the future. And if we don't feel comfortable, we just love to watch Netflix or something to get out of our heads. But we are still not really there. We are still not really present in our bodies. And, and even when we are working out, you know, in the treadmill, we rather are listening to a book on tape or watching uh, some uh, news channel and really feeling, how does my body feel? Is my body done? Is my body happy what I'm doing? Should I change it? No, we're really not there, all of us. So having someone to help us to be more mindful and to also live a little bit more in that union place where all the different aspects of us are harmoniously working together, that's the job of my guest today. And I was actually really practicing her name, so I hope I did it right. Melissa Stegnius. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Melissa, for joining me. Uh, Melissa wrote a fabulous book, 
It's called Everyday Mindfulness, 108 Simple Practices to Empower Yourself and Transform Your Life. And it's a really, really great book, and it's a fun read. And every day there is a little bit of homework you can do to really improve your life. So thank you, Melissa, for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be here. And I'm excited to talk about the book. I think it crosses over beautifully into the story that you just shared, which personally resonates with me. I mean, I'm from a farming community, and I'm also an avid gardener. So that idea of cultivating and being present, getting your hands in the dirt, you know, getting present with your body as you move around, as you're nurturing, you know, little seedlings, as you're watching things grow and and just benefit from the nutrients around them. There's so much overlap from that. There's so much that can be taken and given when you are practicing gardening and farming and just observing and connecting in your own life. So I, I love that. I think that's such a fun coincidence that that was brought up in, in today's yeah. interview. Definitely. Now you have surprised me because uh, in uh, you know your press release, it was about you saying that time and energy are the most important resources. And usually that's something people say that uh, don't have a lot of time and energy left. So you're very you know young and vital and everything. So how did you come up with such a wise idea, which I completely agree with, but it's unusual. I love that. I, I like to be a surprise for people. Um, well, I it's honestly, it's been through observation over the years. Like even being young, just like this wise 13-year-old uh, farmer that you were chatting with, there's so much experience that can come in, in the years that we have, right, regardless of age. And so through my professional experience in mental health and various situations and contexts in that field, in social work, in coaching, in traveling and seeing all kinds of different you know, countries and ways of living, um, and also being raised by a, a mother who's a clinical psychologist, I think she instilled a lot of wisdom and values uh, in me as a young age. So I've learned to really ask a lot of questions to observe, to be open to different mindsets and to, to challenge myself, to check in with myself on a regular basis, just like you wonderfully said in your introduction, just to see how am I feeling in my body? What am I noticing in terms of my mental patterns, in terms of behaviors? I'm huge on personal empowerment. That is like my umbrella word for, for everything in life. And and I really think that I've done well and I've, I've worked hard as it is work to, to live within that umbrella and underneath it and to constantly ask myself questions around how do I want to live? What am I noticing in, you know, in my day to day, in my body, in how I'm conducting myself, interacting with other people, interacting with myself in that sense, what's working well? What do I want to change? Just constantly checking in and, and making little tweaks and wanting to really live fully and live freely and give give my full self, you know, in the time frame that I have, whatever that looks like, both for myself and for, you know, the people around me in my immediate circle and kind of the world at large, what contribution do I want to make there? So I'm I'm always asking just a flurry of questions. 
I think that's, you know, just in alignment with the old saying that the price you pay in life, especially for a fulfilling life, is attention. And you do pay attention. And that's something I think your book also points out in, in various of those tools, just to listen and uh, to see what's really going on inside. Now, I want to delve into this book, but, uh, you know, mindfulness is such a, almost like a buzzword that people are using, but mainly uh, in the context of meditation, you know, mindfulness meditation. And, and what I find about uh, your book is so inspirational that it's actually a mindfulness way of living and, uh, and that it really integrates the concept of mindfulness into other, other aspects besides sitting on a pillow and watching your breath. So what would you say you know, as an overall concept, uh, I guess you probably live your mindfulness everyday practices. What is mindful living? How would you summarize that? Yeah, that's the number one question that people are always trying to tease out of me because, it, like you say, there are, it is becoming a bit of a buzzword, which is fantastic in the sense that now people are really paying attention to what it means, what's the research behind it, and what does it mean for them as an individual. And I think mm. that that's, that's a really important question to explore for oneself. For me, it does circle back to, you know, my, my quote, my motto, which is that your time and your energy are your most precious resources. I do believe that in my experience, you know, in, in working in the mental health field, in working in social work, in observing my colleagues and observing myself, my family, whomever, is that we we need to be aware of how we're living. I mean, it sounds so ridiculous and maybe a bit esoteric and, you know, how very meta of me, but I equate mindfulness with intention. Mm. So an intention is really about paying attention to do things deliberately, to live deliberately. And inquiry is a big part of that. So I think intention and inquiry are key. It's also essential to really recognize and value your time and attention because everything else can fluctuate. It can come and go. Your money, your work status, your, your children, right? As they grow up, they move out and everything will change around you. And yet what you are made up of is primarily energy. That's another that's another conversation. Um, but and what you have for yourself and what you have to give to others always comes back to your time and your energy. And these are the resources that make you up as a human and that are your primary sort of containers for contribution to other people. So I've found through existing as a person and, and certainly in the work that I've done, that if you can be really, really attentive to and intentional with your time, how you spend it, how you want to spend it, filling that gap between the two and your energy, I think, I think you've answered a lot of questions for yourself already because from my experience, everything comes back to those two things. And so in terms of living with intention, of course, and living mindfully, that is. So if you can really start to pay attention to what am I doing with my time? How do I feel? What are my energy levels? Then 
you start to have these ripple effects in your life that that relate to all these facets and that's what this book is about and so this is everyday mindfulness i don't i hope you can see it i know there's quite oh, yeah. a flare but it covers six different facets of your life which are your personal or sorry your physical your emotional your rational so those mental thoughts and patterns that we often struggle with in meditation and in in general right trying to figure out well what's what's me and what's this this voice and how do I figure out who's who and what to do and then you have the spiritual you have occupation and your network your interactions your relationships and my intention with writing the book and with sharing the book which has been uh, a very exciting project to release because it's been a, a number of years in the making is just to give people a, a, an insight into what mindfulness can be for them it doesn't have to look like sitting on a mat for you know 30 minutes a day twice a day because I've read my fair share of books where that's exercise number one and exercise number one in in this book is intended to just be very very simple and it's just five deep breaths because I want you to to recognize that small simple consistent practices will lead to those lasting, meaningful, transformative changes. And I think sometimes that's, it's, it feels less exciting. It feels like you're not making as big of a transformation right off the bat because you're not going to, you know, a, a four-day retreat or a big conference event. But I'm telling you, these are the ways to make sustainable changes and ones that are going to mean something to you so that you are excited to keep doing them every day because you'll want to and you'll see you'll see the results so with 108 different practices in different facets six different facets of your life in the book i wanted to create a wide variety so that you can try out as many as you like whether you know all 108 or if you're just focusing on okay i want to deal with you know this my, my, my emotional well-being, just focus on that one chapter and you've got 18 practices within that facet to choose from and, and play with it, right? Like we're so hard on ourselves and we try so hard to make these overnight changes and then we kick ourselves when, you know, the next day or the next week we've stopped for a day and we just give up and call ourselves a failure. And I, I really want to create a resource which is the attention intention with the book for you to play with it, to, to experiment, to find what's going to work for you. And then if it doesn't work, you've given it a shot. You can come back to it in the future and maybe you try another exercise the next day. So just to keep it light yeah. and fun and recognize that there is, there's space to play even with personal empowerment, especially within personal empowerment. Now, when we come back after the break, uh, I'm going to ask you what you would suggest for people that say, sorry, I don't have time nor energy. And one of those 108 exercises would actually be a good one to start when you are struggling with that. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you trying to lose weight? 
but feel guilty for eating your favorite foods? Feeling deprived and resentful makes for results that aren't sustainable. Join Adrian Craig every second and fourth Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com for her show, Master Your Mindset for a Weight Loss Breakthrough. Learn to love the journey and watch yourself succeed. For more information about Adrian or to work with her personally, visit LifeCanyon.com. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. The power of inspiration and awakening radio with Julia Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific will take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. Can't get enough of Eye of Soul Radio? Join Psychic Medium Jamie every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. Take a deeper look at the raw side of spirit. Nothing is off limits. Connect with lost loved ones and explore these vulnerable subjects with the compassionate guidance of Psychic Medium Jamie. You are not alone. Eye of Soul, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, only on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. <laughs> I'm here with my guest, uh, Melissa Stegnius, the author of Everyday Mindfulness. And we talk about her, these 108 simple practices that just help you to pay attention to yourself and create a, a greater sense of harmony and synergy within. And I ask her for before the break because uh, her motto is that uh, time and energy are our greatest resources. What do you suggest to people that right off the bat say, sorry for that, but I have neither time nor energy. And I think there are plenty of us out there that would exactly sing that song. So which of those 108 practices would be good to, to get started with if you don't feel like you have the time and energy to do anything? Yeah, this is a very real question and a very real feeling for everyone, right? At, at some point in your day, your week, your year, your life, we, we feel, we get to a place where it, it's like there's so much going on and you get caught up in all the roles and responsibilities and it feels like I've got no time for anything else, certainly not myself, and no time, no, no energy. I, I don't have the energy to try to even figure out where my time or my energy is going. And I would say take stock in those moments as best you can is, I mean, when we, this is, this is kind of the reality check. When you're at a place where you feel like you've got no time and no energy, what we usually default to is what you've talked about earlier is the, the, those distractions, right? I've got no time nor energy, but I'm watching Netflix and I'm scrolling through my phone because mentally I just need to like check out and I've been there too right I, I I challenge myself in those moments and have actually I don't know maybe I sound totally radical to people but I've gotten rid of you know every streaming platform I've gotten rid of social media uh, on my phone at least and I would say schedule time in your day in your week 
to kind of zone out, but not for three hours every day, you know, because at the end of, of your zoning out, of your watching Netflix, of your scrolling through whatever, it's not often that you actually feel better after those things. You don't feel like you have more time. You don't feel like you have more energy. Often you feel more stressed, more anxious. You don't feel enough because you're scrolling through the highlights of other people's lives. And yet here you are already not feeling good and now perhaps feeling even worse because now you've bombarded your your mind with all the things that you should quote unquote to do because you see what everyone else is, is posting. So I would say that is my, my first and probably least popular suggestion when taking stock of where your time and energy are going would be pay attention to what you're doing in, in those moments where you're feeling low. Schedule like an hour to regenerate yourself or to just kind of tune out And then when that hour comes, pick a simple, simple practice to like flip a switch in your mind. And that's why practice number one of the book is take five deep breaths. Because it sounds very simple and it is, it's simple and it's also simple to implement. But at the end of that hour of, of Netflix, you're taking five deep breaths. You're checking in with yourself mentally, emotionally, physically. You will feel like, okay, maybe now it's time to get up and do the dishes. You're just creating a tiny, tiny pocket of time in your day where you've just checked in with yourself. Mm. And that is the catalyst for whatever the next step is, right? Whether it's doing the dishes, whether it's doing something productive, whether it's trying out meditation or spending some time playing with your, your kids, right? It's just a five, five second or one minute block of time so that you are coming back to yourself and then getting the, the wheel turning for the next step. It always surprises me when I hear people talk about how it's not necessarily a matter of uh, just checking out. It's also a matter of wanting to not be really uh, connected with himself. It's almost like, you know, I don't really like myself that much. So I don't want to listen to the naysayer inside of my head. And I don't want to feel my body that feels, you know, too much or too little or whatever. It's this avoidance of self that I think makes us often just uh, go into the streaming land or social media world. And, and so I'm wondering, do you feel like your book helps people to have a kinder perspective on themselves, to really befriend themselves more rather than fight mm-hmm. themselves or avoid themselves all the time? Yeah, that's such a huge one. There's a great quote about the necessity to just sit and spend time. You know, everyone kind of needs to be in a room with themselves. And yet that's like the last thing that so many of us want to do because we go about our day kind of treating ourselves like this machine, being hard on ourselves, saying, go, 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 be productive. You know, your status is who you are. And then when we have some leisure time, we A, don't know who we are, or B, don't necessarily like that person because we've trained ourselves to have quite a harsh self-talk regime. And so in short, yes, absolutely. And that is both from experience in, in my own 
well, my own life, right? Being someone who has strong drive, who has tended in the past to work herself pretty hard to the point of burnout, I've recognized that it's essential for for my well-being, for my work, for my family, for everyone around me as well, for me to be, to practice kinder self-talk, kinder self-compassion, just seeing myself as a, a human, right? Exercising the compassion for myself that I give to my partner, that I give to the people around me. And there are specific exercises, especially in that emotional section, that are geared for self-talk, that it's like, you know, get to know yourself as if you're going on a date with someone or as if you're making a new friend or meeting a new person, what would you ask that person? How would you treat that person? And so, yes, certainly I would say that quite a big portion of those 18 practices within the emotional section are geared toward cultivating kindness for yourself and, and with yourself, spending time with yourself. Now, when you're saying talking to yourself, who are you talking to? Which voice or where do these voices in your mind come from? And especially if you have a voice that's very harsh because it learns the harshness as well, this is a way to get you motivated or keep you on your toes. How do you, who do you talk to there? That's, that's a big question, right? Because we have different parts of ourselves and different almost almost tears of ourselves. I mean, we have, and, and everyone has this, right? Regardless of, of your capacity to tune into each voice at the present moment. I think the way that I like to think about it is if you have a triangle and you imagine on top, you've got the, the conscious observer, right? Like the king of the castle or the queen of the castle who is observing the biggest picture of all standing on top of the castle looking out at I don't know the the pastures whatever the land and seeing the big picture of who you are how you conduct yourself all the different factors at play all of the things that that you're doing that you want that you've done getting the full picture and yet we often operate by the, the bottom of the triangle, which is the ego, the, you know, the little toddler who's pulling on your leg, trying to get attention, who's throwing tantrums because he thinks that, or she thinks that if something's gone wrong, it's that life has done something to you personally, because it, it can feel that way sometimes, although that's not the case. And so I think oftentimes we get caught up in that ego voice because that's the, the, the first one, right? That's like, based on how you've trained yourself that is the subconscious default of hey that person said something mean and now we're just going to hold on to that and rehearse conflict in our head Mm -hmm. whereas it actually takes some effort to draw up the triangle and practice tuning into the voices that you're hearing challenging them and practicing being that observer and saying hey wait a minute let's just ask a question about what's going on here first yeah, and that's certainly a very helpful tool. And personally, I always feel like in the middle, we need to also connect to the heart because if we are only challenging the voice from the head, it doesn't have the same compassionate impact on whatever is struggling underneath. And you know that is also something that I feel your book, especially in the emotional section, 
helps to connect to that. And when we come back, I want to also switch gears and talk about food because I was very happy to read that you are propagating to eat breakfast because a lot of people say, no, no necessary to have 16 hours of no food. And I'm just a big breakfast fan. So I was happy to hear that you also want people to maybe fuel themselves as at the start of the day. So we'll talk about food and the importance of it and much more. So stay tuned with us. You know, marriage is not always easy, but skills that improve communication go a long way. Tune in to The Relationship Rehab Show, Recovering Happiness in Your Love with Nancy Landrum and Dr. Pat each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Nancy is an author and teacher empowering couples to create and sustain loving marriages. Learn to listen, speak, and handle conflict with respect so your love can flourish. To learn more about Nancy and her work, visit NancyLandrum.com. Hi, I'm Trish Laub from A Cup of Comfort, where we talk about care hero topics that nobody wants to talk about. Here's your care hero tip of the day. As a child, I took dance lessons. I would twirl through the grocery store, leap from aisle to aisle, and dance anywhere I could. One day, while giving my parents their medications, I realized that dance was my medicine. And when I took my medicine, I was more patient and focused, and my emotional and spiritual tank was filled with more of everything I needed to be a better caregiver and daughter to my parents. I realized that self-care was not selfish, but rather self-love, and that it was essential to my ability to be resilient and to recharge and thrive instead of merely survive. So now when I need to recharge, I turn up the volume and dance it off. What's your medicine? Tune into my show to learn more. See you the second and fourth Tuesday at 12 Pacific, 3 Eastern, here on Transformation Talk Radio. Feel free to reach out to me at info at trishlaub.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. Uh, we talk about mindfulness and how to empower yourself through practices in this regard. And one of those that Melissa just talked about was uh, food or that I wanted to talk about is food and uh, the importance of paying attention to food as a part of your daily practice. So tell us a little bit more about what food, what role food plays in uh, in those simple practices. Yeah, this is such a great one. And I think there are a lot of feelings around food for people because it's it's hard to imagine or it's sometimes hard to get into the mentality of seeing food as fuel for the body. Because like we've talked about before the break, so many of us operate in disconnect with our body. So the idea of food fueling something that you're disconnected to kind of seem like a far away kind of prospect or idea. But if you can get into the habit of being very aware when you are both preparing your food and consuming it, that is a great gateway for building, cultivating a healthier, kinder, softer relationship with, with your body, with your physical self and with other kind of facets of yourself and so you brought up the idea of eating breakfast and this is one that I am like I'm big on I think lunch is another I mean 
three three square meals a day or six small meals a day I'm I think make a big big difference because obviously breakfast you have not consumed any food for a significant amount of time while you've been resting exactly. so you break the fast and and even mentally it can go such a long way that I think is has been a one of the biggest observations in my life because I actually sit down in the morning and even if it's a, a piece of toast with peanut butter, right? Even that you're taking five minutes from the time you put the toast in the toaster to by the time you've sat down and consumed it, you're taking five minutes in your morning to just sit with yourself. Maybe you're setting an intention for your day. Maybe you're, you know, creating a, a quick gratitude journal practice. Maybe you're just thinking about what you want to accomplish that day or something that you appreciated from the day before. It's just, it creates this, this space, this window in your morning at the top of the day, the beginning of the day for you to set the tone for the next 12 hours. And that can be incredibly powerful, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than just eating on, on the drive to work and you're already stressed and you're in a hurry, right? It's just a little bit of breathing room in your day. And I think a big part of, of why I included that in the book was because in a lot of my previous jobs in, you know, related to social work, um, but also in entrepreneurship and kind of being on the go for many years, I was just used to eating lunch in the car as I'm driving from here to there, or just picking up whatever is quick and easy. And that's one of the reasons I love farming. I love gardening is because you're creating, you're cultivating a relationship with the food that you're consuming. And therefore you're cultivating a relationship with, with your body and recognizing your needs as a human and not treating yourself like, you know, a, a machine that just needs to be on the go all the time. It's really important to realize that our body in itself, you know, we have to see it as a separate entity in order to understand that we have a responsibility to take care of it. You know, often I talk about the body as like your, your horse and you're riding with your horse through your life. And well, you have to water it, you have to feed it, you have to rest it, you have to take care of it. And even though the mind-body connection is something I believe in, but that mingles in body and mind so together that we are kind of treating our body like we are treating our mind and just expecting it to always work. So just seeing a little separation and like you said, also making sure that you really are listening to uh, your body's needs. A lot of people that I work with that come with anxiety tell me, I never have breakfast. I'd rather be 10 minutes more in bed. And, and then they rush through the day and uh, just starting already in the morning with a lot of stress. And that not eating and starting the day in stress, their low blood sugar, that, uh, you know, already release of adrenaline in their system, that sets the whole day up for anxiety. And uh, just as you mentioned, having 10 minutes, sitting down, setting your intention, this calm way of being can really change your entire outlook on your day. And it's a, it's a very powerful tool. But what do you feel about food and and also really being more mindful as you're eating it, you know, letting your senses more be connected to the flavor and uh, the texture and 
and maybe add a little, you know, sprinkle of appreciation to it. Totally. I think, <laughs> I think that goes a long way. I mean, you hear of people who recommend uh, a certain number of chews right before you <laughs> swallow, chew your food 10, right. 20 times, right? So that it's easier for your body to digest, but also so that you're, you're aware that you're eating, you know, the, the stir fry or whatever it is versus just you look down and the plate is empty and you feel full, but you don't really know what happened in the meantime. <laughs> and I recognize that it's not always possible to grow your garden to then harvest and then eat that food and to take 20 chews for each carrot. And like, I understand that people are busy. We go, we grocery shop and there's not always like a, a clear causal correlation or relationship between your body and everything you eat mm -hmm. because you're not farming it directly, but that doesn't mean that you can't create a connection or an awareness, right? An intention with when you're eating. So, I mean, small, small adjustments. If you don't, you just try to eat a little bit slower, just sit down and note the time that you're sitting down to eat and then say, okay, I'm, I'm going to be here from six o'clock until, you know, six twenty, and just having that in your awareness means that you're like, okay, I'm here until 6.20, so I'm going to eat a little bit slower. I'm not going to be watching TV or on my phone or whatever it might be while I'm eating. I think that's a big one. We, yes. No phones, like no phones at the table. Eat at the same time as your family if and when possible. Try to make it, like try to make it a communal event almost. Mm -hmm. And I mean, in different cultures, sometimes you're eating dinner for three hours and it's a big event. And we do that in, in special occasions, right? When there's something to celebrate, but, but why not do it on a Monday evening? Why not make Monday a special occasion when it's already a hard day? You know, let's say you're working a, a nine to five Monday to Friday and you really dread Mondays. Why not have a make sure that you're making a family meal gathering on Monday evenings or Sunday evenings and just try to make the, the ordinary stuff a little bit more special. Yeah. I mean, I have to say uh, here in France, especially in the countryside, uh, lunch is sacred. So you will not be able to get anyone do anything between uh, noon and two o'clock because that's two hours lunch. And, I just love that they take their time and it's not that they're eating a lot. It's just, they eat slow. They talk, they just, you know, have a coffee afterwards. It's a different pace of life. And I think it's uh, maybe not as productive we could argue, but it's definitely more fulfilling because you're just more present with your family, with your friends than when you're just rushing through it and, you know, try to get everything done. And it's never everything done anyhow. So this is kind of the big illusion. But talking about nourishment, because I know we always have a little time crunch here. Uh, you also have a nourish your soul day. So what do you do to nourish your soul? Well, I think it's important, again, to cultivate that awareness with yourself, to find, like I say, integrate a little bit of, of specialness into the ordinary. And I think with that, it comes with that comes that self nourishment, that part of you that 
that is deep within that is, I don't know, your essence, your soul, whatever, whatever term resonates with you, the part of you that is inherently you. And I think it's important and I've found it's, it's incredibly transformative to find ways to integrate into your, your day or at least your week, some activities that you find deep nourishment and fulfillment from and with. And rather than, or in addition to fulfilling your roles and your responsibilities to other people, which we often uh, and often rightly so put first, mm-hmm. we also need to come back to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Because that is, that is in, in, essential to living a fulfilling life. And so drawing a connection between this is going to surprise people and nourishing your soul and being productive, because I think that productivity is less about being making the little things more efficient and actually doing maximizing um, knowing and maximizing what's most effective, what's going to bring the, the best, biggest results, the meaningful results, the stuff that is fulfilling in, in your work, in your business, as a person, right in your existence is the stuff that nourishes your soul and nourishes other people. And so if we can actually get out of this, this, this funnel idea, sticking to the bottom of, oh, there's so much I need to do and I'm just going to run around all the time, ticking off the, all the boxes on my to-do list. And we just zoom out a little bit and look at the bigger picture of why am I doing this? Is this actually important? Is this, is this as important as the value that I've placed on it. You know, what is the result of this going to be both, you know, let's say in your business or for yourself as a person, if you can operate more on that big picture and check in with yourself and know, okay, I'm, I'm sitting here to, you know, write this email to you about this interview because part of what nourishes my soul is having meaningful conversations and sharing my insights and experiences with other people through dialogue and learning from them. So if you can kind of zoom out and see it's not just an an administrative email, it's actually leading to a result that's going to nourish me, nourish you, nourish, you know, thousands of people, whoever is watching and listening that brings so much purpose and so much nourishment and fulfillment into your day, into your tasks, into, you know, your life and your heart, that that mental switch is just so incredibly powerful. I really, really strongly encourage people to start thinking more of the big picture priorities and knowing what you value, what fulfills you as a person. And when you have those core values and they seep into their integrated into your everyday life, that will totally change the way you work and live. I think it's a really wonderful suggestion to zoom out and get a different frame. And I feel like, you know, sometimes I talk to mothers that feel completely overwhelmed by the day-to-day of their three children and and exactly that that zooming out and remembering the the love and the reason why you want to give to your children and seeing their little beings as just something you feel in itself a purpose in to take care of that changes the focus on the the details, the minutia that just feels too much, too overwhelming, too the same all the time. So yes, stepping back and 
seeing, yeah, I'm in alignment with taking care of those that I love, or I'm in alignment with writing this email because I like to connect and share, or I'm in alignment with, you know, doing something very simple, but I feel like I'm touching people's life in a positive way. And uh, so this is, but you have to really also just shift away from looking at what you do to asking yourself why you do it. And that why makes a lot of difference. And we have one more segment, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> know how to achieve wellness in all areas of your life? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Signs of wellness are a capacity to love and ability to nurture, a sense of purpose, a good sense of humor and plenty of fun in your life, a concern for others and a respect for the environment, a conscious commitment to personal excellence, a sense of balance and integrated lifestyle, and capacity to cope with whatever life presents. Well, people enjoy their lives and want them to last as long as possible. That's why the wellness mindset usually accompanies other constructive healthy lifestyle habits. By adopting a wellness mindset and behaviors like eating well, taking the right nutrition for the body, exercising, and saying affirmations are just a few things to structure a healthy system of values and beliefs. I will be your wellness coach to help you achieve a wellness lifestyle. Call us at 888-777-4232. That's 888-777-4232. And visit us at maryjanemack.com. Welcome back. And we are still talking about 108 ways to live in more mindful and empowering ways. Uh, and uh, before we end the show, I want to hear, Melissa, how do people um, tell the listeners how they can find you and what they can you know, find on your website and how they may be able to work with you? Fantastic. So please come visit my, my digital space. Reach out to me at melissasteganis.com. So M-E-L-I-S-S-A-S-T-E-G-I-N-U-S.com. If you go to the mindful page, there's uh, free resources that will help you cultivate mindfulness, all about the book, workbooks. Uh, there's plenty of information about upcoming courses, online events, different ways to contact me there through social media, uh, when I'm active on social media. And you can learn more about the work that I do in mindfulness in what I call intentional productivity. So what we've talked about, focusing on that, those big picture priorities, and then, you know, letting your work funnel in from there. So please, please uh, reach out to me there. I'm always, I love to hear from people. I love to have conversations like this, even if it's via email, I'm happy to share what I know and, uh, and to work with others. Thank you. Well, the last uh, of those 108 tools or practices was about shining your light. And I just love the concept. So tell us a little bit more about this shine your light practice. I think that it is, it's a beautiful term. Uh, it's, it's kind of a, a deep personal goal, I suppose, if that's the word, or intention is just, I want to be bright 
and light for others. I want to carry myself with lightness. And I think when you shine your light, which often can feel a little bit daunting when there's a lot that you feel you're capable of, that you're interested in, but you're not so sure how others will respond to it. Just remember, it's so incredibly empowering for yourself and for the people around you when you are living what lights you up. And so that is the note that I wanted to end on in the book. That's, you know, what I want my life to reflect. And really that's, that's a, a goal and intention that I have for other people is don't be afraid to shine your light or be afraid, but do it anyway. You know, live, live in what makes you feel aligned, what feels true for you and what lights you up because that is what the world needs. That is what the, the people in your life need and, and we're ready to, to receive it. So what has lit you up recently? I am currently integrating mindfulness practices in some work that I'm doing in the medical field. And that has really lit me up in the sense that I'm working with people through through really transformative but also really challenging situations and mm. you know whether they've whether they're in an acute recovery stage or where it's been perhaps a chronic condition being able to to discuss with people to equip them with tools and practices that that are simple that are doable right breath you're you're breathing every day um just integrating that awareness and intention and watching people experience and create for themselves their own transformation with a very simple practice it, it's just it's beyond words <laughs> making a difference and especially making a difference with that what makes you also feel purposeful and passionate at the same time well is there any message that you would love to leave the listeners with I think a, an important thing to remember is that the transformation will come. Do what feels good for you, what feels right for you. Embrace the play and the experimentation of, mm. of finding what works for you. And just embrace that it will take time. It will involve you know, your energy investment but the transformation will come and chances are it will come faster than you think. Thank you. That's very hopeful. And uh, I thank you for this amazing work and the light that you shine into the world and the teachings that you're sharing and take your time. So, you know, this book is really something that you don't want to read in one sitting and then say, okay, I got all the tools, but I didn't practice anything. So it's not one of those. So you want to really, go page by page, exercise by exercise, integrate. Maybe you want to stay even longer with some exercise because you really feel like, oh, wow, that challenges me. That gets me out of my comfort zone. Well, excellent. I want to be out of my comfort zone and then work through it. I can imagine that this book may take a whole year to work through or even longer. But as Melissa said, you will feel that transformation and that sense of being a new self in that uh, you know in that step-by-step -step way we often want to just have that transformation happening in a weekend seminar and it's all wonderful and great but unfortunately on monday or tuesday 
we are just back in our routines in our old way of living and it hasn't really firmly integrated it hasn't really solidified what we got from maybe some great ideas and some wonderful you know ways of uh, stimulating us or making us think differently but unless we have really tools that we are using every day our changes will just come and go so that's really that's one of the gifts about this book i find that it gives you small doable but also very effective ways to go deeper and deeper into the relationship with yourself and the relationship with your life so thanks melissa for that and uh i Wish you all the best on your journey. And Thank you, maybe so much. Have a <laughs> Thank you for this conversation. Thank you for, for sharing. I really appreciate being here. Well, this was the last episode of Empowerment Radio. I have thoroughly enjoyed my 13 years with Dr. Pat's Transformation Talk Radio and then Empowerment Radio. And uh, it is certainly with a heavy heart that I say goodbye. And it's also with a joyful heart because there are new uh, ventures around the corner. And, uh, but before I go there, I just want to say thank you to everyone at Transformation Talk Radio, Olivia, who has been the producer today, and all the other producers before, Carter and Zach, and, and also Jessica who is uh, the right hand of Dr. Pet, and of course, Dr. Pet, who has just been such a wonderful supporter and an inspiration. And uh, when just I started being on the radio, she just took me under her wings and I learned so much from her. And I certainly deeply uh, am grateful and I very much enjoyed our connection and I know it will continue, but I will start a new podcast, which is called Get Real. And it is about really being real with ourselves, asking ourselves questions we don't usually dare to ask, realizing things about ourselves, our greatness, our potential, but also things that we may really struggle with and, and changing those and seeing it's possible. We don't have to always feel like, well, we are under the shadow of uh, our so-called flaws or our past. There are ways to get beyond this. I will have guests, of course, and the show will be shorter. It's going to be 30 minutes. So it's also for many people easier to follow. Uh, it will continue to be first Thursday and uh, third Thursday of the month. So timing will not change. You will see it on Facebook Live, on YouTube Live, and later on all the shows, just like Empowerment Radios, will be on YouTube and my website, drfriedman.com. And what I really hope for you is that you're gonna not only join me and really reach out to uh, all those amazing uh, hosts on Empowerment Radio, I mean, of Transformation Talk Radios and others, but really engage with it. That's something I find so important of what we all, all these hosts here are trying to do. We wanna help and support you. This is the difference between Netflix and what we are offering because we are offering you answers to your questions, guidance when you're feeling, you know, you're struggling. All we need is for you just to reach out. Make, write a comment in the Facebook page or call in or write an email with a question when you know, okay, there's something I would love for you to talk about in the next show. 
let's make this really a community effort. I am passionate about making a difference. And I think it's really important that you, even though it may be sometimes vulnerable and it takes courage, that you make your voice hurt. Your voice matters, your well-being matters, and your empowerment and your happiness matter. So with that, thank you so much for being there, listening, looking for empowerment and, uh, and being open to just learn and grow. It was certainly an enormous pleasure and joy to be on Empowerment Radio. Until Get Real, first Thursday in April. Looking forward to it. Take care. Goodbye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedman Schaub. Join Dr. Friedman every first and third Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. To learn more about how Dr. Friedman's personal breakthrough program can help you overcome fear, anxiety, and low self-esteem, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. Views expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station, its management, or advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio.